Greetings Initiates, and welcome back to another lesson of the Codex. In today's lesson, uh, I, Marquides, and my co-assistant here, Josue Cardona. Did I get demoted again this week? Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I, I, I'm working on an official title because technically there isn't really a rank, so I'm trying to like talk to the mentor, get a rank made specifically for you because you're just... You're a special case. Thank you. <laughs> I think. In the best sense. In the best sense. <laughs> so what are we covering today? So so today we are going to be covering Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. And more specifically, we're just going to focus on the present day stuff. Now, there isn't a lot to really talk about, but it's still important that we get that stuff out there and more specifically like the ending. So warning right now. There is going to be major spoilers for the ending of this game. I know this game has been out for a while, but in the off chance that you have not played this game, be warned, we are going to heavily spoil the ending of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Now that you've been warned, let's get straight into it, shall we? So I'm just going to kick it off right now, just with the present day stuff. It starts off in the present day. Uh, you're in the van that you uh, escaped in from Assassin's Creed 2. And you end up in Monteregioni in front of the actual Villa Auditore in the present day. Which it's, is so cool, by the way, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's really cool to see the city that you spent so much time in in the Animus. And now you yeah. see it in like its present day form. Yeah, yeah. And so it, they say it's like the last safe house they have in Italy. And so, but they're trying to find a way in. So Desmond sees like an apparition of Ezio that kind of helps guide him the way to the sanctuary that's hidden underneath the the villa. So he and Lucy go, they unlock the doors for Rebecca and Sean, they get in there, and then they, you know, immediately have to go back into the Animus because they need to find Ezio's apple. So that's really the broad sense of the present day stuff. You can do a little bit of free roaming stuff because you can get out of the Animus anytime you want this time. And there's some cool collectibles. You can get like Ezio's belt, Mario's sword, the Medici cape, a couple of cool little knickknacks. It's just, you know, fun stuff, fun stuff. Also to find the the things that you're looking for, you're using the bleeding effect and you're seeing people moving around and you're seeing the, don't you, don't you, don't we see some of uh, Ezio's story on the way there? We do, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're going through the tunnels to get into the sanctuary, uh, Desmond sees the no, no, but before that, before that, and in, on the truck, you're you're in the Animus, you're playing part of Ezio's story, just for a little bit, and then and then you arrive, and you're seeing the things that you just saw as Ezio, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think a little bit, but I don't think that that's it's not very long that you see those things. But it's but I think it's super important because you're seeing them so quickly after that you're able to like retrace the steps and it also fills in some gaps. So once you get to, well, actually the whole, you're playing through the whole siege of, of the, the manor at the beginning. And then once you arrive, it's after the siege is done. And then it actually fills in the gaps. Like when you, you go through the tunnels, you're seeing through the bleeding effect, Ezio and Claudia and other people go through the the tunnels and you never saw that as Ezio because 
because we arrived and we had to disconnect. And and it kind of filled in those gaps. It was a really cool storytelling beat because it was very different from 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 anything we'd ever seen before because we were never in the same place in both the past and the present. Yeah, and and it's really showing just how connected Desmond is becoming to Ezio himself because he's spending so much time in the Animus that now the past and the present is really bleeding into him, but it's also showing like the danger of being in there too long. And Lucy even makes those remarks when he talks about how he sees these ghosts. He's seeing the townspeople still getting out of the the tunnel. Yeah. So it's just another way of showing that Desmond's becoming more like Ezio and becoming more connected with his ancestor, but it's also showing that danger and, and reminding you that being in the animus for too long can have its consequences. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like this headache when he comes out and and it, it seems that's a new thing. Um because the effects are getting stronger, the the bleeding effect. But it's still again, it's it's still cool the way it went back and forth at the beginning. But but yeah, once we get out of the truck, we go in and we we set up shop at the at the safe house. Got to like get the power connected and things like that. <laughs> and, oh boy! And it's interesting because this whole part, like after you know, like once you once you get off the truck and you you set up and you have you spend time with Lucy and I don't know if it, it felt like so long with Desmond. It was like it was longer. Just at this beginning part, we spent more time with with Desmond or as Desmond than we did in the two prior games. Yeah, this is really kind of building up Desmond as a character because before Desmond just seemed kind of like a like a conduit for like he was like an access point to get to these main memories. Like it's just someone you had to deal with or someone you had to go through to get to the main stuff. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, no, he's actually his own character. He's got his own personality and he's different from the ancestors that we've been playing as for the past, you know, two games. Yeah. After like all this whole beginning stuff, I mean, you you're spending again most of your time in the animus. Nothing really important is ha- going on in present day stuff. It isn't until the end of the game that you get back into doing present day stuff, which uh, is is really cool. And just before before we get into any big spoilers, I just wanted I want to know what was your reaction when you saw the whole ending sequence? The whole ending sequence. Uh, well, you told me last time that the second part was more mind-blowing than the ending of Assassin's Creed 2. I I didn't feel that way. I still think that Assassin's Creed 2's ending is more mind-blowing. But uh, there's a lot of hints about things. There's like, it raises more questions than answers. The end of, of Brotherhood, I think. <laughs> that bothered me. Because <laughs> 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 I wanted to know more. And... It's like you had to, you know, you play through all of Ezio's story to get to the apple. And then once you find the apple, it's like, okay, now we know where it is. So we're going to go. And and then you do it in the present day. And then you have this, this again, the same experience of where you're visiting the same place. You're seeing something similar. And, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's kind of frustrating that we didn't get uh, the answers that I wanted now. Yeah, try try playing it when the game first released, and you had to wait until Revelations came out to get your answers. I know I got Revelations on the on the same disc, so <laughs> I'm not uh-huh. too too mad about it. But uh, it it did bother me. 
Ah, cliffhangers. <laughs> I, so yeah, talk about cliffhangers. All right, so they're kind of get into the spoiler territory now. Just letting everybody know now, spoilers here. Everything that, we talk about is spoilers. <laughs> yes, but this is like this is like a really big pivotal point in the in the series itself, especially for those that are really starting out and connecting with Altair and Ezio. Like this is like a good pivotal point for Desmond's character as well. Um, so going into everything, uh, after you find out where Ezio put his apple, you end up driving to the Colosseum in the present day, and you the Colosseum's under re- renovations. As Desmond, you're doing all these crazy hardcore parkour stunts to maneuver around the Colosseum to get to the underground part, where there's this hidden uh, first civilization entrance into a vault. So once you maneuver your way through the Colosseum and you arrive in this underground cathedral, you let Sean and Lucy and Rebecca in, and then you have to go through this like little, what is it, obstacle course puzzle? And then to to like open up this hidden little pedestal thing, but along while while Desmond is doing this and you know hardcore parkouring it about the 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 church, uh, Desmond's hearing this voice of of Juno, or this person that we come to know is Juno, and she's talking about the human race about how like essentially we were inferior beings and. But we were built. We were built for a purpose, and that, no, no, no. Like, no. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, we were it, built inferior on purpose, like deliberately. Yeah, like they didn't give us this the sixth sense that they had mm-hmm. because they wanted to design these items, these mechanisms to control us to do their bidding. Essentially, like we were that, basically made clear? as like their workforce. We were basically made to be their 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 workers. Yeah, yeah, we're we're supposed to be weaker. Right. It's like they created us and they they I think I think she says something like we purposely did not include did not give you the sixth sense for our protection. Yeah. And I believe the sixth sense was knowledge, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I don't. I don't think I, I think say it? I think she says it when you actually once you unlock the hidden pedestal and you get into the vault and you have to go through the little quick time obstacle course to get open up the stairways to get to the actual apple. She I think she says something about how the sixth sense was knowledge and they withheld that from us because if we had it, we would have the tools needed to overthrow them. Now, so so that happens once you're inside the vault. When you're in the cathedral, there's something else that's being said about how they mastered technology and they were able to... There's something about memory and how they were able to store memory on parchment and then on different ways. And she keeps talking about technology and that they were able to like preserve knowledge, but they were not able to preserve life. And that, again, I don't remember the the exact words, but it seems to be something like we tried, but we failed. Except, (laughs) (laughs) right. And there's like this, except this one guy that, uh, that has been able to do it. That's, that's, that was my impression. Am I, am I off base? Am I understanding it correctly? Because uh, she doesn't, 
she's only hinting at things in these in what she's saying to Desmond. Also, the other people can't hear it. It's only Desmond that can hear this. Yeah, yeah, she's she's speaking out directly to him and it's most likely because he has first civilization blood within him. And um you know, I would right, say she calls him something like you have the like both both pieces and she makes like some yin yang reference something like that that, that yeah it's like you are like like she's talking to specifically to desmond like you are like the product of like the our loins and the loins of our enemies so like it's a half breed between human and uh whatever race she is and she he's the product of it and because of that he is less susceptible to you know like the pieces of eden which is what she's kind of hinting at and that's why he's able to hear her understand her and you know in a way talk to her yeah as opposed to you know the others who are unaware that you know she's speaking to him yeah so once you get into the vault she keeps she's continuing on wait, 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 wait. you ignored everything that i said was it what is it not what? important no no, I... no 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 I, I i was saying that okay okay let me backtrack that i would say i, I would say that you are on i i the thing is is that like i can't really remember the specifics of what she said as well mm-hmm. like it's kind of escaping me at this point but i would say for the most part i would say you're pretty on track like i i feel like that's kind of the same vibe that i was getting from her where she's just kind of dropping these subtle hints and and describing the history not only of of their race but of how we as humans were created as well and what our purpose was like i i know some things from after and it feels like she's alluding to that but i feel like that's what it is too okay but like this is like this is like it's like planting the little seedling there yeah 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 so so again it's like we wanted to again. My my interpretation was we were able to store all of these things, except we we weren't able to preserve life, um. But maybe somebody was able to do it. But like in general, we we were unable to do it, and that's why we're extinct. And and there was also comments about uh, how every time that the world was undone and pe- people started over, they were innocent, but they were also ignorant, and there was a lot of information that was lost. But they were able to preserve it in different ways. Um, but not many people have access to it. But yeah. she said that in a very uh, esoteric way. <laughs> it was very, it was, it was, very uh, it, it was not very specific. It was like, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, then oh well. You basically, that's basically what I got from her. <laughs> and so that's essentially her whole vibe in the, in the cathedral. And, and this one, is, so who is it that's speaking? It's Juno. It's this Juno. is Juno. Okay. And we know that it's Juno because... I believe who was the Desmond, one at the Desmond be- says it Desmond says it because he comes in contact with her before entering the cathedral and he I believe she says her name to him but I know hmm. he's Desmond himself says that it's Juno talking to him okay because who is it that speaks to him in Assassin's Creed 2 at the end it's, that's Minerva Minerva got it and, they're and very, I know and, and Sean says that the that where they are is the cathedral is built on the something of Juno. I forgot what exactly of Juno. So that tracks, but I just don't remember her saying like, hi, I'm Juno. Yeah, no, I I think she said something or it's at some point that he learns about it. I'd have to go back and, and 
re rewatch essentially because what what people I'm don't not... understand about this show is that uh while I am uh absorbing the games sometimes brand new or sometimes revisiting you're mostly going off of memory <laughs> because you've played them so much and and it's your favorite series Exactly, and I'm trying to stream them on my own personal Twitch, but I'm having a lot of technical issues, and it's really bothering me. Uh, so, it's like, yeah, we didn't play it yesterday. You know, is is my point? Yeah, we <laughs> didn't play the entire game in like in like two days or anything like that. I, yeah, but like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is like my all time favorite game. So like, there's a lot of stuff like of the in game stuff, like the Ezio stuff that I I'll know and. I'll remember and it, it, it's amazing, but that's not, that's for the next episode. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure of it. Uh, so after the whole cathedral part, now we're finally getting into the vault. But at this point, Juno's tone changes. At this okay. point, it turns into more of her just yelling at us. Like it's our fault that things are the way they are. And at some point she even screams at you that like, we should have left you as you were. Mm-hmm. And this is while Desmond's doing his little parkour stunts to open up the stairwell so that way they can get to the apple because the apple is in the center of the room and there's no, there's no stairway or the and the ledge is way too high to, to climb it. And you're hitting all these switches. Exactly. So you're yeah. hitting all these switches and once you activate them all, it'll open up the, the stairwell. And at this point, it's really just Juno. She can She's continuing on talking to you. Kind of giving you a little bit more of the bits and pieces of their his of their history and our history with them and how we are, you know, related to them in some way, shape, or form. And inferior. You know, this is where she's talking about how we're inferior and the sixth sense that we don't have for their protection. This happens in in this area. Yeah, and and again, like it, she's also kind of conf- like reiterating the point that Minerva said of how like we were built to be tenacious we were built to survive we were built to kind of outweigh these odds because we were meant to be just simply workers so we were supposed to deal with all the harsh things that came with having to do dangerous jobs and then once you finally unlock all the switches the apple is finally accessible this long-awaited moment that Ezio or that Desmond is finally about to claim his apple which is also Ezio's Right before this happens, um, I remember Juno refers to Desmond as Desmond uh, for the first time. So, so you start knowing that, oh, like this is another one of those messages. Like Desmond has been, like they've been waiting for him for it seems like thousands of years. They knew he was going to be here at this moment. And there's also, again, a very vague comment that's like, you are going to activate it, but it'll be too late. Exactly. And then you kind of hit the hit the last switch, and and get the stairs. Get very cryptic. Yeah, it's very very cryptic. So like yeah, so once the stairs open up, all four of them they walk up to the thing. They they walk up to the apple, and pro as Desmond approaches it, all of a sudden the apple starts showing all these like different well, they, images. So they they their goal for going here, right? Their hope is that they can use the apple to find all of the temples that have all of the other pieces, right? Yeah, they are they're looking for this grand temple in hopes of stopping this great catastrophe like great catastrophe that's about to happen on December 21st, 2012. And they and so they're hoping that the apple will lead them to all of the temples. And as they're walking up the stairs, they they say like well how do I do this like just ask it and I think Sean is the one that says 
or, or, or Lucy says, or just think it like, I don't know. Like we, we don't know how this works. <laughs> Ask it, think it, I don't know. And then as they're walking up to it, it starts showing all of these different images and, and shapes and forms. And Sean being the classic historian is trying to point out all these images and try to explain what their meanings are. Um, but I, I also, this is probably something that should be mentioned is that another main reason why they're getting this apple is to make sure that the Templars don't get it because as it stands, they are working on trying to launch this satellite into space. Now, they, their front is that it's some sort of communication satellite supposed to help them, you know, help their network, you know, be sort of universal. But in reality... Uh, the Templar's grand scheme is to launch the apple or a piece of Eden up into space and have its signal be broadcast through this satellite across the globe and thus putting society under uh, under its spell, under its, under its control. And thus, now the Templars have control of the entire world because they're all, you know, have their minds taken over by the apple. Now, when do we learn this? Do we learn that in this game at the beginning? Mm, yes. We we figure it out a little bit in the beginning, but then as you're traversing through the Colosseum, uh, they shed, they shed more details on it. Yeah, because Lucy, uh, Lucy that's what and I Desmond talk through their communicators. Yeah, and because they're talking about their code number. The code number to access the vault was 72, which was uh, a biblical reference to the 72, 72 names of God. And... Uh, Lucy at some point also points out that it's also only 72 days left until the satellite is supposed to launch. Yeah, and when they said that, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but I felt like that was the first time they mentioned it. Yeah, it, it really is. I feel like this game <laughs> is the one that really like brings that up to the forefront of what the present-day Templars are plotting. But I know there's also some subtle hints in like the first game where I believe there's an email from Alan Rickon that kind of talks about the new world and this is what they're this is what they kind of allude to well they don't explicitly talk about some satellite hmm. they're talking about a new world and that's why they needed desmond and their his map from altair was to find a piece of eden that will work with their satellite to put everybody under their control got it got it so after the the images display and, and sean's trying to explain them to rebecca uh Desmond just kind of, without even listening, just kind of nonchalantly touches the apple. At this point, everything freezes. And Which, by the way, it, it, it really bothered me because Sean was in the middle of something. He was saying like, oh, those are Masonic symbols. And this other thing is a symbol. And the only time when they come together is, <gasps> I was like, when? How? What? But that's when that's when Desmond grabs the apple and everything you know, stops. <laughs> you know, that was my very first thought too when that, ha- when that scene happened. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Can you let him finish? I want to know this. <laughs> and, and at this point, everybody's completely frozen. Nobody's talking. And Desmond also himself is frozen, but he has both hands on the apple, but he's able to speak. And this is when he's like, you know, hey, what what's going on? What's, you know, and then Juno is continuing to talk to him, saying that you have activated the apple. And now uh, in order to access the vault that you need to get to, you know, you need to basically take out Lucy because Lucy is someone that will follow you in there, but like she's not supposed to be there. 
Okay, so so that I don't understand because what I understood from the words that Juno was saying was that there he had to find another, like a female. And but I didn't I didn't think that they meant Lucy. I thought that he meant like you need to find someone else and she will like guide you or help you to 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 reach your next step, something like that. Am am I off base or was she talking about Lucy? No, she was talking about Lucy, but and she wasn't saying that he needs to find somebody. He's she was saying, but there's going to be another that's going to follow you. But she's like, but like it's like a darkness. It's a very cryptic way of of explaining something to Desmond that he clarifies in Revelations. Okay. And, or no, I believe it's in three. In three is when he finally like puts it in in layman's terms. And okay. I mean, does it does it matter if I just say it now? Because it's really no. Not that don't big say it. A... Don't do it. Don't do okay, it. Okay. Don't say okay. Okay. I, I I mean, I'll leave it. I'll leave it cryptic for for our for our listeners. That's fine. They can ponder over it as much as I was when I first heard about this. But essentially, you the apple itself is forcing Desmond forward to Lucy, who's frozen, and once he's in front of her, uh, the apple makes him flick out the the hidden blade that he's wearing well he had it out already and then he he just gets keeps getting closer to her and closer to her and then yeah and then you're like ah oh, don't what what's happening yeah it, like yeah like primes his hand he's like no but then like he looks into her eyes and and then like he's just staring at her and then you have to press the button to to stab her and then that's when the apple that was so messed off. up and then they just like locked each other and she's like has like this look of surprise before they both just collapse. And obviously she's bleeding out, gonna die, and Desmond's in now a, a catatonic state. It's so messed up that they, it just stops and you have to press the button, you have to do it. And you you know what's gonna happen. And it's forcing you to do it. Oh, I hate it when games do that. You know, I had a stop. I stopped on that screen for like a good five minutes because I was like, no, yeah. no, I liked this pair. I shipped them. I shipped them <laughs> so hard. And I had to kill her, and I was like, "No, no, please, no." I mean, did you did you think there was a possibility that if you press the button, something else would have happened? No, I was hoping I, that something else. Would no, happen. I knew, I knew right from the get go. Once that blade was drawn, he turned toward her. I was like, "Oh no!" But he was no. struggling, right? Juno kept saying, "Stop struggling!" Like, this yeah, has she's to like, happen. exactly. He was like, "Stop resisting!" Like, we're we're trying to guide you. It was like, it's she was talking as if like we're like they're the parent or she's the parent in this case, and we're just kind of holding your hand along. We're we're gonna walk you through this nice and slow, and we're gonna make sure you do this right. And then so much happens after that. Nope. No, Nothing no, happens no. after that. <laughs> the game ends. You hear a little bit of dialogue in the background about getting Desmond back into the Animus, and that's it. Literally, you stab Lucy, they both fall to the ground, fade to black. What? <laughs> I remember sitting on my bed at, and when I played through this. My mouth was open, and I shouted. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And then my mom came busting in my room telling me to be quiet because it was like 8 or 10 o'clock at night. I can't remember. But it was late at night when I finished the game and I was just... 
I was in shock and awe that that was the ending. And I had to wait because at that point I caught up to the series. So Revelations wasn't even out yet. <sighs> yeah. Like, like I said, I loved this game. But then at the end, I was just, I was just so mad. <laughs> I was so, so mad. <laughs> and I don't remember if when Brotherhood came out, we knew there was going to be a third one. So I wonder how much of a surprise it was to people. I'm sure, but once you saw that ending, people knew that there had to be a next game. There was no way they would have just left it like that, especially because how big Ubisoft was at, like was getting at this point because of Assassin's Creed. But that's not what I meant. I meant, did people know that's like, oh, you know, there, it's a trilogy now, and this is the second of a trilogy, like. Like, when you went to watch Endgame, you knew... I mean, when you went to watch Infinity War, you knew that Endgame was coming in the following year. Like that. But there are some movies that you watch them and there's a cliffhanger and you you didn't think it would be a cliffhanger. If you know that there's a next part coming, then a cliffhanger isn't as surprising. It's almost expected, right? So I wonder if back then, when people were playing Brotherhood, they knew that this was part two of three or... You know, or, or, you know, that there was going to be a continuation soon. Oh, okay. And in that sense, then, then yeah, no, I 100% agree. I'm sure there was a bunch of people that were pretty much in the same state I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh. My yeah, goodness. I was, I was still pretty bothered, and, I, and I'm like, I have the other game right there. I can just, <laughs> you can really yeah. start it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was, it was oh, unbelievable. I mean, these games definitely have a very interesting way of ending. So far, all of them have ended uh, in in like that kind of mid sentence fate to black soprano style. <laughs> like what? What <laughs> did, did you just end? What happened? <laughs> no, no, I I hear you, and trust me, at least up until we finish Desmond's story arc, it just it just keeps going. I just keep, they keep doing it. Thanks for spoiling the end of Revelations for me. What are you talking about? I didn't you spoil just told me nothing. there's a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, that's not that's. Just stop it! Just stop! Just stop it with the spoilers. We'll get I, there soon. Ah, uh, okay. All right. All right. I'm not gonna say anything more. I'm just not gonna say anything more. I'm gonna leave it at that. So it's it's interesting, right? That the that this isn't Assassin's Creed Three. This is a sequel to Assassin's Creed 2. I mean, in hindsight, like we know that there's an Assassin's Creed 3 and 4 and technically 5, 6. And I mean, eventually they stop numbering them, but they continue. And this is... Right? It's, it's a sequel to 2, and then there's a, there's a sequel to this one, and now we call it the Ezio Trilogy. But I feel like they're... I don't know. Do you feel it, that the present-day story advanced at all in Brotherhood? Yeah, I mean, it definitely shed a lot more light and it definitely added more of an urgency as to why they need to do these things in the past to help them out in the present. I don't know. I feel like it did just ask a bunch of questions. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like it it was asking the questions that a lot of the fans were having after too. And this was like their way of putting it out there in the game of they're also asking these same questions because as it stands, we don't know. We don't know what the whole point behind these pieces of Eden are. We don't know why it is that they're doing what they're doing. 
And that's 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 why we're going into the past so we can find something that we need so we can hopefully find these answers now in the present day. It seems like Desmond was kidnapped, I don't know, like a week ago, you know, like Assassin's Creed 1 seems to be the one that has the most time passing because he he's in the Animus and he you, you go to sleep. You wake up in the morning, you get go to the Animus again, and it's in smaller chunks, and, and you get that passage of time in the present. But once Assassin's Creed 2 comes out, it's like, you get there, you're only in the Animus for a couple hours, you show that you have bleeding effect, you're in there for a couple more hours, then you get on the truck. Like, that's all. That's I think that's just one day. And then this one is also, so the truck arrives, you're doing stuff, and like pretty much that same night, you know it's the Colosseum, and then you go over there. And so really, like, <laughs> even uh, I don't think that the story in the present has advanced a lot, but also it, time-wise, there isn't a lot of time that has passed. We really don't know. In terms of game, game-wise, this is like four years worth of, assuming it was coming out every year. I don't know if it was at that point. I don't know if one and two came out a year apart, but eventually, right, it was, it was annualized, but... Imagine four years for us, and it's only like a couple days for Desmond and Lucy. Actually, there is a way to tell the passage of time, and you know that it's been a few days uh, when you're in the Animus. Or I should say, in the Animus, after you complete certain sequences, you'll get notifications that there's new emails in your inbox. So that's when you can exit the Animus, go to your computer station, and... If you look, you'll see these updates that are going on, and you'll and they're all time stamped. Mm-hmm. So you see the progression of the days go by. But I feel like just like in two, like there's nothing really significant about taking a break. So like I feel like at the end of each sequence, it's like a new day. But or they, in, in, in this maybe. case, it's like it's like there's no no real significance. Like why do you need to stop playing as Ezio? Because Desmond has to go to sleep. Like, you're taking yourself... Like, I feel like if they kept including every single time a day passed and you had to get out of the Animus, then that takes away from that immersing yourself in Ezio. Oh, yeah. So I'm not like, even, this, this isn't even a complaint. I'm just saying that the passage of time is interesting in the present because it hasn't been a lot of time. Like, I feel like... The, in Assassin's Creed 2, they, they mention that, like, you've only been there a couple hours and look at all the progress you've made. Like, look at all the skills you already gained. It's like, huh... Okay. Okay. So they they imply in the dialogue that it's not a very long time. There may be like yeah, you can go into the emails and see. I don't know. I don't know how off base I am in terms of time, but it's not a lot of time for Desmond. Like this is all very new to him. In Brotherhood, depending on it's usually about like like a week or so that they There's that no way, man. That happens in no. like it it only takes place over the course of 2 days, I think. No, if you look at the email timestamps, like you'll see that it's it goes through a few days, if not like hmm. at least a week or two hmm. that passes by, but it just seems that short because you're spending you're spending a majority of your time. Like Desmond even himself is saying, "No, I'm going to spend a long time in the animus so we can hurry up and get these answers." It might not seem like a long time to us and 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 relative to our own time, but in the game time, time is still progressing as it would, but there's nothing really important, nothing really significant going on that there's no reason to 
to indicate to you that, oh, hey, by the way, just to let you know, a couple of days have passed. Well, this will you be know? my homework for for next week because there's there's no way that more than a month has passed since Assassin's Creed 1. And that's like really stretching it out. All right. Yeah. I want that. That's your home. That'll be your homework, your specific homework for next time. I look forward to proving, to proving that, my point <laughs> that I want you to give me an in-game timeline from the events of Assassin's Creed one up until the end of brotherhood. Will do. And I mean, I'm telling you based on, because I'm one of those people that spent through all the time, sifting through these emails, looking at all the different accounts and reading all their different emails from their little banter to some serious stuff, to even Sean getting some updates from, you know, the person some, from their higher-ups about updates of other teams that are out there in the world. So, like, I'm paying attention to these timestamps and looking at, like, okay, so we started on this day, this email is stamped at this day, so it's been a few days. It's been a few days and, and I've been spending this much time in the animus, but I'll again, tell you next like, week, I'll tell you next yeah, week. Yeah. I look forward to hearing this homework assignment that I gave myself, by the way. Yeah. Congratulations. You gave yourself work to do. I don't know what kind of teacher you are, but uh... I'm the teacher that promotes self learning. <laughs> I'm here to just simply guide you to give you pointers to then go off and continue the research on the pointers that I've given you if they so interest you. But I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. If you're not if you don't want to learn it, then if by forcing you to go research it, it's just not going to be fun. But this I wanted I want this to be fun and I want you to research what you want to research. So if you want to look at the time, then by all means, I look forward to hearing it. I look forward to hearing your report, and I'm sure the rest of the class will as well. All right, so then next week, we're covering Ezio's story in Brotherhood. Yes, and there's a lot of fun events, a lot of cool things, and a lot of cool new people to meet mm-hmm. and kill. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that's good. We, we've, we've taken care of everything. I've, I feel like this is a good place to, to wrap it up. So... That's going to be it for today's lesson. Thank you all for for joining us today. If you ever need assistance on anything that we talked about, please, please, please go to our forums. You can check it out. You can write out whatever you need, and we'll be more than happy to answer any questions you might have or, you know, elaborate more on any topics that we talked about. And you can get uh, reach us there at forum.geektherapy.com. And if you want to chat with your fellow initiates and us just about anything Assassin's Creed, please, please, please hop on over to our Discord at geektherapy.com slash Discord. We have our very own Assassin's Creed channel, and I'm very lonely in there. <laughs> so... That's going to be all for today. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. So take care, everybody, and always remember, nothing is true, everything is permitted.